Welcome to Commending and Contending, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Australia. I'm your host, Jonathan Holt. The Gospel Coalition Australia exists to encourage and assist Australian Christians to remain convinced of the truth and power of the gospel, to commend and contend for the gospel in our lives and our ministries, and to foster connections between individuals, churches, and other ministries so that we can most effectively advance the gospel in Australia. Joining me today is Karen Beelharts. Karen, welcome to the episode. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. And now, for those of us who maybe haven't come across you or met you before, Karen, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Right. Well, I work as an executive assistant for the Centre for Christian Living and for the Priscilla and Aquila Centre at Moore Theological College in Newtown, Sydney. And that involves a whole range of different things. That's part of what makes the job fun, like event management. And I also look after their podcast, which is just most boringly called the Centre for Christian Living podcast. Um, I'm also a writer of comics and occasionally prose, and every now and then I do editing professionally, but that's sort of a rare case. And the most fun happens when I get to edit comics. Um, Every now and then a comic friend will send me a project, which is really, really fun. I am married. Interestingly, I've been married for over half my life now. And my husband and I have two girls who are well into the tween stage with everything that entails. You have to think sort of inside out sort of territory. (laughs) And how has God been encouraging you recently? Just his faithfulness, I think. I know that sounds really trite, but lately, just with everything that I've been reading. So in the mornings at breakfast, I read the Bible with my girls and we're reading through Genesis. I actually thought, oh, we'll start reading the proper Bible, not the kids' Bible. Uh, And then in my personal Bible reading, I've been reading One Kings and One Chronicles. In church, sorry, in Bible study, we're doing Sermon on the Mount. And then in church, we're doing Acts. And just reading those different parts of the Bible have all been working together to remind me of God's great plan for salvation and how it unfolds through the pages of the Bible to bring sinful humans like myself into a relationship with him again through Jesus' work on the cross. And I think in the day-to-day stuff, like just doing the school run, keeping the household running, working at my job, doing my creative stuff, trying to keep the wheels from falling off everything, it's really encouraging for me to remind, to remember that this life that I've got now is only a small part of the grand sweep of history and the frustrations and the trials that I'm currently going through um, are just temporary in a lot of ways because, yes, one day it will all come to an end. We're, we're in this point now where we're waiting for Jesus to return, uh, but also Christ to be glorified. And it's just really encouraging knowing that God has been working throughout history all this time and he will bring his purposes to fruition. When we're commending and contending for the gospel, sometimes it really makes a big difference to get back to basics, to do the core things of the Christian life, just the Bible reading and prayer. But honestly, Karen, often for Christians and people who've been Christians for a while, Bible reading and prayer can just slip off, can become mundane, can become very ordinary. Why do you think it's so important that we keep doing those habits? Yeah. It's important because that's how we keep growing in our relationship with God. Uh, Even though it sounds a bit mad in a sense to keep reading the same book over and over, keep doing the same things over and over, but God really uses his word 
to grow us in the faith to spiritual maturity. And prayer is that privilege that we have to be able to, yeah, participate in his work in the world, in advocating not just for ourselves, but, you know, interceding on behalf of other people, of bringing concerns about the world, about God's work in the world to him. Um, You know, it's a great privilege and it's a wonderful thing. And I think it also, in this day and age, because we're so focused on the self, it's good to have that focus taken off us for a while and to remember, oh, actually, this world is not about me and about what I'm doing and about, you know, people paying attention to me and whatnot, but about what God is doing in the world. Uh, about his work in people, which is always really encouraging to to hear about. Like when you talk to people at church, when you meet other Christians and you find out what God's been doing in their, in their lives. It's just, um, yeah, it's just really wonderful. And so Bible reading and prayer, I think it's just that core part of remembering God is at work. God is, you know, as we say, God is living and active. He's not a dumb God or a mute God or a dead God. He is a living and, you know, maybe not breathing, but, you know, he, he is alive. He is at work. He is with us. Um, and, yeah, as you read the Bible, you hear his voice. And as you pray, um, that reinforces that relationship that you have with him. And when it comes to kind of talking with other Christians about their Bible reading and prayer, we often can feel a little bit guilty or we maybe want to avoid the topic because we, we're we not sure what kind of answer we're going to get. How do you, how have you found you're able to raise those kind of conversations about the Bible reading that people are doing or how their prayer life is going in a way that actually encourages them rather than makes them feel like they're being judged or or, or tested? Oh, goodness, I don't think I'm very good at this at all. <laughs> uh, I I think I prefer to do it sometimes by just talking uh, about, I guess, the stuff that I've been reading and the stuff that God has been challenging me in. And, uh, like, I have one friend who has got uh, chronic fatigue, so she doesn't leave the house very often and she finds it difficult. She's not currently attending a church, and so... We catch up once a month over the phone. And one of the things I try to remember to do, don't always, is to talk to her about, yeah, what I've been reading in the Bible, what I've been thinking about, how things are going. Um, Yeah, just so that she has that kind of fellowship that she's currently not getting anywhere else. And who, like, I don't think anybody would, anybody else would necessarily be talking about that sort of stuff with her. Christians generally, and I might be wrong, they think of it in legalistic terms and therefore they feel really guilty about it. And so they might bring it up in terms of, oh, I haven't been doing this recently and I feel bad about it and I want to get back on track. Regularity is the key here. It's not like, oh my goodness, I need to do this every single day. But I know like from my own life and the way that God has been working in me, um, for a little while, I found it really hard. It was around the time when my, my kids were little and it's hard to squeeze in anything when your kids are little, it's hard to concentrate on anything when your kids are little and you're sleep deprived. Uh, but I had people at my church who were encouraging me to keep it up. And I learned from their example, like one of them would listen to the Bible um, and audio form as she did chores. Or uh, one of them would be reading the Bible to her baby. And at one level, you think baby doesn't understand anything. Baby can't read. But still, good thing to read the Bible with your baby because even if they don't understand, they love to hear your voice and you also benefit from doing that. Oh, another one would do it while she was breastfeeding. 
and certainly in the age of smartphones, that's a lot easier to do one-handed than it is when you have to hear when you have to hold a paper book. So, yeah, I think just having that encouragement from other people at a time in my life when it was really hard for me really spurred me on to keep going with it because in the past, the um, yeah, it had only worked for me when it was tied to a habit. So it used to be breakfast. If I had breakfast, then I would read my Bible and pray. If I didn't have breakfast, then yeah, it did not happen. And then with kids, that just goes completely out the window and you have to form new ways of fitting it in. And, you know, it's hard. Like you think in the morning, I'm too tired. In the evening, I'm too tired. Well, you're always going to be too tired. So yes, you've got to find some way. You still have to find some way of doing it because it is important. As I said before, it's how God helps us to grow and to shape us. Karen, what's a resource at the Gospel Coalition Australia website that you'd like to recommend for us to go have a look at? Yeah, so I came across this article by Patty Guthrie, which was written in October of 2021, and it's called Apostate Testimonies, Talking to Those Who Left. And yeah, I found it very, very helpful. Like I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up in the church, but I've been Christian for a while long enough that I know a fair number of people who have walked away from the faith, which is really sad. Um, I'm married to someone who did that. Um, but I just found the article really helpful because Patty takes the time to talk to people and share some of the stories about why they chose to walk away, some of the factors that made things worse, uh, things like, you know, nobody at church bothered to check up on them or people didn't really listen as they tried to explain why they no longer believe and just talked over them or uh, I think one person said that somebody just tried to share the gospel with them using the words that she would have used if she was doing walk-up evangelism and how insensitive is that um, I like that Patty acknowledges the complications that come with ministering to people who know their bible and know Christianity but just don't believe anymore because often when we do evangelism training it is learning a gospel presentation like two ways to live or the gospel beads and they're more for people who don't know anything or who are at the beginning of exploring the faith. But what do you say to people who already know it all? Like my husband has done three years of Bible college. He know, knew, well, I would say still knows more about the Bible than I do. Um, and at one level, there is nothing that you can say because logic and well-reasoned arguments are not going to convince them. Um, it's a matter of the heart. It's about, you know, they've decided not to follow Jesus anymore um, and so they're not going to be convinced by whatever clever argument you can pull out of your head. But at the same time, there's um, there's room for listening. There's room for, you know, trying to understand where they're coming from, uh, trying to meet them where they're at, maybe gently pushing back when you think that God's word has something to bear on the topic at hand. Uh, definitely keeping up the relationship. Like, I feel like Often if people are not um, easy to access, like they're not, no, they're no longer coming to church. So that means that you don't see them regularly. Uh, and that means that you have to go to, out of the, your way to see them. So it becomes a lot harder. Um, it is hard, but it's worth keeping up those relationships. Um, and, you know, everybody's busy, but at the same time, there are ways, I think, of doing that. And certainly that's one of the things I like about my prayer mate app is that, it will bring up someone to pray for who I haven't thought about for a while. And then that makes me concerned about them. And then sometimes I'll go, oh, right, I should actually get in touch with this person. We should get together for a meal or hang out or whatever it is. And it's not because, oh, my goodness, I'm on this mission to convert them back again. But more, 
no, we want to, I still want to maintain the relationship. I still want them to know I'm their friend and I'm not just a friend because they're Christian or because they're not Christian. Um, yeah, it's relationships are important. Relationships are a good use of time. Yeah. So I think that as we keep on moving through the Christian life and we keep encountering people who used to be Christian, um, it's good for us to be prepared for this sort of thing and to know how to handle this sort of situation because it's not like you become a Christian, everything is hunky-dory, everybody continues on this trajectory forever until we die or Jesus returns. Um, we can't just remain complacent in the faith. We're going back to what I said about Bible reading and prayer. We still need to grow towards godliness and maturity. So I think about that verse in Philippians about how uh, Paul encouraged us to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work with good pleasure. There is an element of that, which is us, which isn't a salvation thing, but we need to be active in the faith. We can't just be passive. Um, this is a bit of a story. Like I used to go to uh, counseling with this particular counselor who was a Christian and I shared with her the story about how my husband fell away and how it was a real turning point for me because I think I realized at a certain level I had been leaning on him a bit. And so during that time in those days after he had told me that he was no longer a Christian, um, I yeah had this very strong sense of, oh, I had to ask myself that question. Do I actually believe what I say? I believe, like, do I believe that God is good? Do I believe that is faithful? Do I believe all the stuff that I read in the Bible? Um, and if I do, then what does that mean for my life? And um, like, I, I'm very sad that my husband is no longer Christian, but at the same time, I know the effect that it's had on my faith in making me cling more to Jesus and to keep on, coming back to God's word, keep on gathering with God's people because I know it's important because I know that if I don't do these things that I can be in danger of drifting too as well, like despite my best intentions. Um, Christian women, particularly Christian women who are married, should remember that like even though they're tired, the Bible is hard sometimes, hard to understand. Um, it can be that their, their heads are so full of the to-do list and everything and all the concerns. It can be hard to make that time, um, but it's still important. Like I would encourage Christian women to make that a priority because it is so important and you can lose your faith. And that is, you know, devastating if you do. Thanks, Karen, and thanks for sharing that with us. We'll we'll put a link to that resource uh, in the show notes of this episode. Um, Karen, thanks for being with me today on Commending and Contending. Thanks for having me. This podcast is made by the Gospel Coalition Australia. You can help us. You can share this episode with perhaps people at church or other Christian friends you know. You can also help by going to our website, making a donation to TGCA to grow the networks of Australian voices speaking the gospel to Australians.